Welcome to Insight Faster, a podcast by MDPI. Open access is only really open if it's open to everyone. So we decided to sit down with some of our researchers to let them explain some of the fantastic work that they do. We'll talk about what it means to them, but also how it's going to affect all of us. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, you're listening to Insight Faster, a podcast by MDPI. Today, I'm lucky enough to be talking to Dr. Angela Bilia from the Institute of Heritage Science at the National Research Council of Italy. Dr. Bilia is an expert in the developing field of archaeomusicology, that is the science of listening to ancient places. In her recent paper in Heritage, Towards a Digital Approach to Listening to Ancient Places, Dr. Bilia describes how archaeomusicology has benefited from recent technological advances which mean that researchers are now able to far better reconstruct the sonic experiences of the past. Thank you so much for joining me on Insight Faster, Dr. Belia. To begin with, could you tell us a little about yourself and how you came to be working in archaeomusicology? Thank you, Jasper. I am very pleased and uh, I am very excited to, to meet you in uh, this frame. I am a, a senior researcher at the Institute of Heritage Science at the Italian National Research Council, directed by Costanza Mediani. This institute conducts heritage-based and heritage-inspired interdisciplinary research to foster innovations related to all aspects of tangible and intangible cultural heritage, from protection and preservation to sustainable management and immersive experiencing. My work concerns a particular area of social sciences and humanities and involves the fields of archaeomusicology, soundscape archaeology, ancient sound studies, and digital heritage. When I think about what motivated me to become a researcher, three terms come to mind. First, curiosity. Second, intuition. And third, perseverance. I think these three aspects characterize my career and my research activity in the field of ancient past, an activity which I began after having completed exhaustive musical studies. The study of an instrument prepares the mind and the body for hard work that as the research activity requires a lot of perseverance and resilience. In my case, studying classic piano inculcated the discipline and determination in me. Studying to become an opera singer helped me to freely follow my intuition without any mental barriers. Well, it sounds like you've really cut quite an interesting path from being a musician and a singer to working in this field of archaeomusicology. Now, could you tell us a little about the field itself, how it came about, and what makes it different from regular archaeology? In recent years, Archaeological research has trended towards the exploration of the experiences of past people, particularly through engagement with the senses, seeking new methodologies 
and associated theories to develop this understanding. Sounds and auditory experiences occurred throughout time and within all culture, also of the past, and were ascribed cultural meanings. Current research approaches to archaeoacoustics, soundscape archaeology, and archaeomusicology are as variable as the sonic hypothesis that can be explored. The importance of what was and was not heard in the past is approached through a variety of methods, including uh, on-site experimentation and recording, reproduction or playing of instruments, and computer-aided modeling such as virtual reality or geographical information systems approaches. Moreover, different approaches such as archaeology of performance, for example, situate our method, methods and tasks to delve deeper, considering how auditory experiences conferred the connotations of power or contributed to the formation of individual and group identities. You speak there about experiencing Asian places with all of our senses. And that's an interesting question because I think that often when we are faced with these ancient places, the visual is all that we have to understand them with. And I think given that we're pretty much always only left with visual and physical clues, where do you start when you're trying to figure out the sounds of an ancient place? Jasper, thanks to my first Marie Curie Individual Fellowship, I have this possibility to combine different approaches and methods in my research. Indeed, I carried out my research at the Institute of, of Fine Arts at the New York University, devoting my attention towards the reconstruction, for example, of a musical dimension of an ancient Greek polis in the West. At the NYU, I also improved my skills in 3D modeling for cultural heritage and in acquiring and processing 3D data in archaeology. More recently, thanks to the second Marie Curie Individual Fellowship, I carried out my research devoting my attention towards archaeoacoustics and sonic heritage as a new approach in the study of intangible cultural heritage. This has led me to organize international events on sonic and multisensorial in immersive virtual reality and cultural heritage. These results have been published in the special issue Sonic Heritage Immersive Sound and Multisensory Interactions in Immersive Virtual Reality and Cultural Heritage. In this special issue, my colleague Eva Pietroni and myself aimed to highlight the development of interactive tools aimed at involving visitors as sound walkers to virtual reconstructions of archaeological sites and of places of historical, cultural and architectural interest, as well as of their historical soundscape. In my path, there is the evolution, the development of a field of research. I see, okay. So you talk about your special issue, and within that special issue, you contributed the paper towards a digital approach to listening to ancient places in heritage. And now this paper is an incredible investigation of digital heritage and different acoustic techniques 
Could you take us through some of the research processes and some of the investigative techniques that you used when you were putting together this paper? My recent work has explored the sonic interactions and the special configuration of ancient theaters in their respective landscapes and environment. In order to investigate the use of experimental interpretative 3D reconstructions, integrating acoustic models. This is the novelty of my research at, at this moment, as well as oralization technology in the archaeological field. Indeed, in the last few years, many scholars have devoted their studies and research to these themes with different methods and results for exploring how digital technologies based on 3D modeling and sound simulations can expand our knowledge on sounds and open new perspectives on the study and preservation of the sound heritage. This is an important point because we need to study the possibility to preserve the sound as a heritage of an archaeological site. This is a focus for, for us and for many researchers. And that technology can help us. Well, that was going to be my next question. Could you tell us about some of the specific technology that you use and how that really can help us to understand the soundscapes of ancient places? Uh, for example, I can recall the research of Cristina Manzetti, for example. Uh, yes, uh, because uh, current research approaches to archaeoacoustics, soundscapes and archaeomusicology have highlighted how new sonic hypotheses could be explored, thanks especially to the use of technology in these research fields, as, as has emerged from a case study in Cristina Manzetti's work. Her research is a study dedicated to the Roman theater southwest of the sanctuary of Apollo Pizzo in Gortina, a building able to accommodate up to 2,000 spectators, which was reconstructed in the second century BCE in an area probably already devoted to performances and theatrical activities in the Greek age. This survey aimed to understand what types of performances could have taken place in the Roman theater through the analysis of its acoustic qualities. Another case study related to the survey on sound in archaeological sites is the Pamela uh, Jordan's work. This research has a focus on sensory archaeology, a field of research that has greatly expanded the approach and methods for understanding aspects of sensory experience in places significant to ancient communities, especially in terms of their religious function. Moreover, Jordan's research has paid particular attention to the field of psychoacoustics. This is a new, a new, enter, a new entry of uh, the acoustic uh, world. The sonic data was related to ritual practices such as processions, musical and dance performances, and banquets performed at the site. Analyzing the sonic features and using tools, resources, and technologies, the researcher explored how ancient architects used their acoustic knowledge 
to enhance the sacred experience in places of worship. And this is a new path in our mind for the future. Yeah, it, it seems that so without this research, without this understanding of how important the acoustic experience was for these ancient peoples and for their ancient rituals, I don't think we can really fully understand both the psychology and the importance of the places that we're experiencing. So could you tell us a little about the case of Selenunte? Am I saying that right? Yes, Selenunte is correct. In English is Selinus, Greek is Selinus, Selenunte in Italian. <laughs> could you tell us about some of the work that you did at Selenunte? Uh, Selinunte is uh, a, an important place for uh, scholars of antiquity. Uh, and especially it's a theater, given that the ancient theater in Selinunte is not fully preserved, but on the basis of the measurements provided by the reports of the American Archaeological Mission of New York, New York University, we reconstructed a 3D model of this theatrical building and we used software that is able to calculate acoustic values. Thanks to the development of a virtual application for Oculus Rift, which enables us to explore the 3D reconstruction of the theatral area in the Acropolis of Selinunte, and at the same time to listen the oralization. A musical performance from different positions has been used for our survey. The main aim of this virtual reality application developed through Unity is to experience theaters as an ancient listener. But we, we know that our modern listeners are different of the ancient listeners, but we would like to assess the, the behavior of the sound in this virtual reconstruction. We developed the virtual reality application through two phases. The first was the 3D modeling and texturing of the theatrical area. And the second was the oralization of an anechoic file of a musical performance from different positions in the 3D model of the ancient theater, using the reconstruction of a virtual, a virtual model of an ancient instrument. And I would like to invite you to propose the sound of this reconstructed musical instrument, if it is possible, Jasper. Yes, definitely. So this is the Olas instrument, the sound was reconstructed on, and it gives a really interesting insight into how the original musicians were heard in this space. In which situations, in which rituals, on which occasions would an instrument like that be played or a performance like that be given? 
this is uh, the reconstruction of uh, a particular musical instrument. It is, uh, uh, this is uh, an aulos. It is an instrument with uh, two pipes and uh, it was uh, the most common instrument in ancient Greek period. This instrument was used, for example, during processions in sacred areas, or for marriage, or for funerary rituals. This reconstruction that you proposed the sound, the reconstruction of the aulos of Poseidonia, Pestum, Poseidonia Pestum, another Greek city. And this instrument is dated to the 60th century BCE, and it is very similar to this, another aulos, fragmented aulos from Selinunte. For this reason, we reconstructed the, the aulos of Poseidonia because it is very similar in order to use this, its sound for our oralization in the theatral area of Selinunte. And the aulos was very used. I think that we can imagine a sound walk in an ancient city, a Greek city. The sound, the music was, was the music of, of an aulos. It was very common because not only professional musicians, but also not professional musicians could play this instrument. And I think that that is such an important part of understanding these ancient places because that was such a fundamental part of these ancient people's everyday life. It would seem peculiar not to try and consider the sounds that they will have heard on a daily basis or at these regular ceremonies. How do you think our relationship with sound has changed since ancient times? How do we live differently with sound nowadays? The sounds is different, but the, the resulting values obtained through acoustic analysis, for example, have been necessary in order to explore if, for example, theatrical areas, in the case of the research on theaters, was more suitable for talks or more for, for music and choral performances and or sonic events. And to analyze if the acoustics in the theater and their immediate surroundings met the criteria for a good comprehension of speech or for enjoying music. Moreover, acoustic parameters have been useful to understand the interaction with surrounding sounds, for example, from geophony, diophony, and anthropophony, because music is organized sounds, but there is anthropophony, and anthropophony involved the sounds of work. Escape, the, the, the term is correct, uh, or the, the sounds of children, of uh, normally sounds of, of, from women or uh, of girls in, uh, in a fountain, for example. Anthropophony is the, all the collection of sounds that involve human beings. And it is possible to predict, thanks to technology, these sounds. That's fascinating that we can begin to predict not just what people are there to listen to, but everything that comes with it. All of the sounds of the surroundings, the environment, and basically the sounds of life. What was your experience of conducting the research? Was it difficult? Were there things that worked well or challenges that you overcame? How did you find it personally? 
by encouraging the investigation on the sonic heritage, for example, in the special issue, sonic heritage, uh, sound and multi-sensor interactions in immersive virtual reality and cultural heritage, we aimed to contextualize and enhance the study on anthropophony, geophony, mm -hmm. uh, biophony in the past, and on digital audible history. In order to consider them as a cultural heritage, to be known and uh, preserved and disseminated thanks to tools uh, and applications for interacting with the virtual world. In the special issue, for example, uh, there is the Agibot article, Understanding the Quadruple Flutes of Teotihuacan in Mexico. And this, is, this paper presents the results of a study on multiple flutes, pipes from the UNESCO World Heritage Center of Teotihuacan in Mexico, based on a true examination of the fragmented, restored, and partly reconstructed archaeological finds and manufactured and subsequent tests of a series of playable reconstructions with a defined reconstructive design. Another important article with new challenges for the future is the Eva Pietronis article, mapping the soundscape in communicative forms for cultural heritage between re realism uh, and symbolism, where Eva Pietroni explores the dimension of sound plays a central role as a form of a cultural representation. Jasper, through the intersection of data and the contextualization of archaeological evidence, as well as the comparison with written and figurative sources from the more traditional studies, these approaches, methods, and disciplinary hybridation can allow us for an ever wider knowledge of the function of sound in ancient communities and of sound interaction in the places, spaces, and buildings frequented by the human beings who preceded us. Without doubt, a soundscape archaeology approach can enable the intersection of sensory sonic concerns with the sonic heritage preservation and management, offering new insights for understanding the past. It seems like there's plenty to look forward to there in the future of this quite young field. I wanted to ask if there's anything that you'd like to point out in the future that we need to look out for as listeners. In the last few minutes, we ask guests to come up with a few things that we can have a look out for in their field in the next few years. So this could be anything, TV programs, conferences, future publications, new technology. So what should we be keeping an eye for in the field of archaeomusicology in the next few years? Yes, I have two messages. I would like to invite, first of all, to invite our listeners from now on to visit archaeological spaces and sites as sound workers in order to engage all the senses. And this is an important point of start to understand not only the present, but also the past and maybe the future. <laughs> I am working on how the influence of sound on historical places could help us to increase the well-being of modern societies and protect the environment from noise pollution of human origin. The results could provide the potential 
to better understand the current sonic environment and ecosystem, because the sound is a part of our ecosystem and their meaning to human beings and other organisms. So it's time to really, when we see these ancient places, not just to see them, but we can listen to them as well, thanks to the technology and the research that's gone on in that field to allow us to really get the most out of these ancient places. I think that often when people find themselves in ancient performance spaces, they can be overwhelmed by their visual beauty and the physical remains. And that can sometimes make them forget that they are only experiencing the place with one of their senses. So I'm fascinated by your work because it uses so much modern technology to unlock so much more of the past because there is so much out there for us to engage with. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Bilia. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jasper, for this uh, wonderful, amazing uh, moment uh, of uh, for sharing my research. Well, it's been my pleasure and I've learned so much today. We'll provide links to Dr. Belia's paper in Heritage and the corresponding special issue in the podcast description, along with links to our social media and anything else that we spoke about today. We'll also point you in the right direction if you want to publish with MDPI. Thank you again, Dr. Belia, and thank you for listening. I'm Jasper Clow, and this is Insight Faster. <laughs>